Well, welcome to this week's edition of Called, Connected, Committed. I am really excited to welcome one of the co-authors of the document, none other than Professor David Ford, to this week's podcast. David, welcome to the show. Well, good to be with you. Um, we are going to be turning our attention to the leadership practice of sustaining vision and talking with David about um, his experience in this area, um, both in terms of the Church of England vision for education and um, broader understanding of that concept. So I'm just going to begin by reading that opening paragraph, which if you're reading along is on page 24 of the document. Leading in education is grounded in a picture of the future that inspires passion that lasts. While good leaders create vision, great leaders sustain it. Leaders demonstrate that hope is sticking around, providing consistency and dependability for the long term. Teams with sustained vision can still see where they are going in the dark times, and they grow through the difficulties they face together. Leaders show that resilience is not simply coping or working harder. Leaders are changed and transformed through adversity as their skills and character are formed in the crucible of the challenge. David, I wonder, just as I read that through, which, which phrases or words kind of jump out to you when you're thinking about sustaining vision? Oh goodness! I think uh, passion that lasts. Mm. Um, the um, the long term, you know, in in a short term culture like ours on the whole, um, seeing where they're going in dark times. I I, I like that. Uh, you know that that clearly. I, I'm a governor of a school here in Cambridge, and uh, you know we are desperately trying to see 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 where we're going. You know, we had a governor's meeting by Zoom the other night, and. Uh, and and I, I think the other phrase that came after that, you know, about coming through difficulties that are faced together, you know, it's it's the togetherness that um, seems to me that you know the difference that makes the difference, uh, you know, that that utter jointness that you need in 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 the in in a vision. Mm. And how, I mean, what, one of the one of the challenging things about talking about vision is it's often very future orientated. You know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It's very sort of forward thinking how do how do we kind of create something vision wise that can that can last through these challenging times that doesn't just get kind of buffeted in the storm as it were well i i think um i mean the the key word that we came up with you know when we were originally conceiving the church of england vision for education was um, was wisdom, you know, and it, it, I think of wisdom as the sort of thing you get in the book of Proverbs, the book of Job, the Ecclesiastes, you know, something that's been tested through many hard times, you know, that isn't just something that you've come upon enthusiastically and say, let's, let's try it, you know, and, and a vision that, that reaches into sources of wisdom that have lasted, you know, that have been long term and, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I think that the, the passion for wisdom is right, you know, absolutely fundamental to Proverbs and so forth. Uh, and um, the, uh, you know, and, but, and a passion that lasts actually really listens to the wisdom that's been garnered, you know, century after century. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. and all around the world, you know, from different cultures, you know, different traditions. Yeah, and te- I mean, you, meant, you mentioned your role as a governor um, in, 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 a, in your local school. Tell, tell us a little bit about, about what that's been like, kind of strategically holding to a vision in, in, in what's been in many ways one of the most challenging seasons for school leaders in a generation. Yes, well, I mean, I just sat down before the, uh, the the most recent governor's meeting in order to read the government advice that we've been all circulated with, and it took me hours to get through everything. Once you start clicking on things and following things through and so forth, you know, and that's, that's just me as a governor. And I know that our head and the teachers, the staff, you know, are, and that the chair of the governors, I'm not the chair, um, you know, have been just inundated with things, things like this. And they are just constantly trying to juggle, you know, so many different things. And it's a sort of no-win situation, you know, for, for so many people, for parents, for, uh, for staff, for, uh, for, for governors, for, for the local authorities, you know, who are involved in this too, you know, that, that and, uh, you know, there've been some issues where you just feel, oh, you need compassion all around, you know, that, that, uh, that this is not something that you can start blaming and, 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 and that, you know, that you, you just have to endlessly start afresh you 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 receive the next advice you try to cope you you know and you know that everyone is being stretched past their limits and and i i mean i i have come out with the same sort of uh, admiration that <coughs> people have come out with who have been close to the nhs you know just mm-hmm. astonishing amazing uh, you know admiration at how the, uh, the the staff have been coping and yeah, I mean, one of the things that raises is is the key role of governance in 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 sustaining vision because um, you know I, I I get you know there's there's no doubt that this this season has been very challenging for anybody who's you know paid to be leading a school as their full time job but the, the the challenges and pressures on on governors who are in in many cases trying to balance the the stresses and strains of leading a school with potentially the stresses and strains of leading their own business or their own career or, or, or whatever it's been. What, what, what kind of encouragement can you give to, to, to just the role of governance and how important it is in sustaining vision? Well, I think that the, the more I've gone on in life, the more I deeply respect those people who are institutionally creative you know that that you know who who actually are committed to the long term flourishing of an institution and uh, put the hard work into the unsensational often you know committee work the uh, the drafting of one draft after another of things and and all of that and the bringing on board of multiple stakeholders in order genuinely to move forward in an organization. I mean, that is, uh, it's just such a huge challenge. And, uh, you know, as I say, my heroes tend to be different people as I go on in life. You know, I I, I look not for the upfront people so much as the people who have done that hard institutional work. And of course, in the teaching profession, there's an immense amount of that to do. And most of it's hidden. And Mm. it's it's not, and it's not spectacular. It's not sensational. But my goodness, one's grateful to the people who do it well, and who, um, you know, still have that energy to uh, think afresh about things to you know respond to the opportunities that even times of difficulty have yeah yeah absolutely and and this this 
there's something in that in this particular season is it about being committed to the long-term flourishing of an institution as opposed to what we're what we're often under pressure to achieve which is the short-term success of an institution whereas actually saying actually no I'm, I'm committed to this for the next three five seven ten years and I'm you know I'm putting a stake in the ground there in terms of my impact as a governor it's, it's a it's a it's a pretty big deal for the life chances of children really isn't it oh it is and and you you realize that there's a hierarchy of things you know that of course you want educational attainment of various sorts uh, you know excellence in education but but if you don't have the relationships if you don't have the social dimension if you don't have you know a whole lot of other things underlying that and it's it's really inspiring in terms of in terms of governance and and obviously if when we think back over I mean, as many uh, people listening to this will know that you and I have recently written this document called Connected Committed, which is, which is you know, it's the backbone of all of these resources. Um, and hopefully many will also know that you chaired the group that wrote the Church of England Vision for Education in the first place, which feels like it must have been, you know, a long time ago, but actually it was only published four years ago. So, you know, when you think when you think back to that process, getting involved in it, um, you know, what were your hopes for that? What how how has it panned out? When you think about sort of sustaining vision, um, you know, it'd be great to just hear your reflections on that, having having chaired that and written that original vision. Well, I, I think it was one of the most satisfactory things that I've been involved in, uh, you know, in recent years. Uh, uh, that isn't to say that it was easy, you know, because uh, as you well know, you were also in that vision group, you know, that we had our moments, many such moments, and we had residential meetings when we had to really, really try to engage. But I, I think what my sense was that, you know, there were some really experienced teachers, I mean, like yourself, you know, you, you, who, who really had years and years of being there. And so we were always realistically involved with the way the educational system and schools actually are. Um, but also there was a, you know, a good professor of education. Also, there were people who run the system and knew the complexities of all the different levels of funding and organization and, and, and so forth. And of course, we had a very good social anthropologist as, as well. And, uh, and then, um, it, but, but, you know, our, our, and of course, some theologians. Um, and um, I think that the, the title we came up with, Deeply Christian, Serving the Common Good, you know, really did sum up the sort of the challenge we faced. You know, we wanted to deeply resource our vision from the deepest sources of, 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 our, of our faith uh, and our whole tradition as it has come through, you know, civilizations, 2000 years is all around the world and what it's learned. Uh, through its deep involvement with education, you know, during that. But also we wanted to serve the common good. We, you know, we recognize that this is a plural society uh, and there are all, all these different traditions are represented in our schools among the million pupils or so. Uh, and also we wanted to look to other schools beyond the church schools as well. We wanted to be a, a broad run. So we had a big ambition um, and there were real tensions in that. And um, I, I think you, you weren't at the meeting that we had early on in this, which was for me, quite a moment just a few of us met with uh, Alice Hudson who was the you know the head of a, a two a two school uh, academy trust um, in London and um, 
and she talked to us uh, at some length about her 1010 vision, you know, of uh, the John 1010, it's having life in all its abundance, you know, life in all its fullness. Um, and um, she, saw, she talked to us about a school ethos built around that. And that really fired us up, but also it made me reread the Gospel of John um, you know, as a theologian, I, I'd been working for many years on, the, on a commentary on John. And, um, and what it made me see was that Jesus's public ministry in John is about healing people, feeding people, teaching people, everyone, anyone who comes. You know, it's open to all. It's not just limited to those of who are his particular followers. Um, and that, in other words, he was about doing signs of abundant life for everyone. And the, the thing that came to be, I think, at the heart of our deliberations was seeing each school as a sign of abundant life for everyone. You know, that, that that's what our goal was, that, that's what our vision was. And um, as soon as we had that sort of link, then you could see how you could be deeply Christian and serve the common good, I think. And, and it was a, a lovely moment, that. But, but then I, I think the, 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 the wrestling we did you know, trying to get together the different dimensions. And the breakthrough was when we meet, found the four pillars, you know, the wisdom, knowledge and skills, hope and aspiration, community and living well together, and uh, dignity and respect. And uh, that was quite a time because we converged, we'd looked at so many visions of education. Uh, and one thing we were struck by was that wisdom was rarely there in Visions for Education in, in this country. Um, and yet there it is at the heart of Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and many secular traditions. Um, and that it, it had been ignored. And of course, we want children who are uh, grow in wisdom. You know, uh, we don't want foolish children. And, um, and the knowledge is, of course, part of that. But, uh, but all the other things as well. So yeah. I, I think those four pillars, which both rang true with the people, uh, you know, with education, people involved in education from many traditions, but also could be deeply resourced from within the Christian tradition. You know, mm -hmm. and, and that's what we tried to put into the vision. And it was, it was a really, uh, you know, I, I remember the moment when all that came together at our residential. And, um, you know, it's one I'll treasure. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, just, just a very anecdotal encouragement. Um, today, I've been, um, my, one, of, one of my daughters is in year six and she's just moving into uh, secondary school for September. So today we've been at the online version of the transition evening that would normally be in person. And um, the head teachers filmed address, which was excellent, Start, started off by talking about this, the school's core um, ethos and the, the virtues that they were looking for in the students. And do you know, do you know the, first, uh, the first word that he spoke about was? Wisdom, you'll be, uh, you'll be happy to know, um, <laughs> and really eloquently. So it's alive, alive and well in, in that particular school. I mean, I guess what, one of the things that institutions are, 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 you know, typically quite good at is spending a long time writing documents that, that have a relatively limited impact on practice and end up on people's shelves occasionally to be you know, to be, to be brought down for, you know, formal occasions, but, but what should, you know, as you, as you've kind of been part of the journey of 
of that vision since that document was published. What are your kind of reflections on the what's happened since? Well, I think that, um, you know, the fact that, you know, you and your team, you know, centrally, but also many others, you know, and the whole peer to peer uh, network and, uh, you know, the, and the, the, the head, head teachers qualification, you know, course and so forth, have taken it seriously, have produced, you know, documents that follow through in relation to curriculum, in relation to ethos, in relation to appointments, all the other areas uh, that uh, really in practical terms, anyone who's running a school just has to think about, you know, that, that there's been this sense of joint thinking with people on the ground and it, letting them feed in to the follow-up documents and that, which, um, you know, the, the, the follow through has been extremely thorough. And, um, and I, I felt that the response from schools, you know, both, uh, you know, Church, Church of England schools, but also many other schools from, uh, you know, has been really uh, encouraging that they've, uh, they found this vision rings true. And, um, and that it also is a basis for practical thinking about all the areas of school life and policy and, and, and so forth. And um, I, I haven't seen a, a vision that's worked out quite like this before, you know, and it, I mean, I have been very little part of the, the follow through on, on it. I mean, you've been much more right, right to the heart of that. Um, and, um, but it was really exciting to come in again in the follow-up on the called connected committed document you know and I, I i hand you the 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 great inspiration of doing the matrix as we call it you know the the you know allying each of the the called connected committed to each of the four pillars of the 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 wisdom and the hope and the community and the dignity mm -hmm. um, you know and and that that it seems to me gives people uh, a whole uh, you know set of ways of uh, thinking that it, it isn't so much that it gives them directions for anything, but it gives them uh, something to think with, you know, and to reflect with on themselves, their their teams, their schools, and so forth. And um, you know, I I I think that was a, a you know a marvelous insight that you could do a matrix like that and tie it in so closely to the to the vision. Yeah, no, that's that's great, and um, you know. Obviously, all of these resources that we're that we're using now are are, are, ba are based around that and um, receiving some really uh, good feedback. Ma mainly because they're actually trying to put something into practice. Because you know, every organisation has got a set of values, whether they call it values, vision, you know, ethos. You know, they're quite interchangeable in some ways. But it's it's these behaviours that actually um, make a difference. One of one of the things that um, I, I'm often asked about in this document is um, a theme which, I th you know, I, th I think was fairly deliberate, but um, leading in challenging times. And, um, you know, I, I can think of many occasions where I've been speaking about this document where people have said, it's a real theme that comes through that you're, you, have you, is that a deliberate Thing. And, and I've always I've always responded honestly. I yes, you know, it's very very much um, that 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 you know, as, as we said in that opening passage, that you know, leaders are changed and transformed through adversity as their skills and character are formed in the crucible of the challenge. And 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 although it's, it's in some ways it's quite exciting to think, you know, four years on, lots of things have happened 
whole hundreds of head teachers train, thousands of people involved in the networks and all that kind of thing. Very encouraging. There's also been some quite dark days and moments of question and doubt and yeah, um, you know, it's what are your reflections on on that for us in terms of you know dwelling in the doubt, hanging in there where it just doesn't seem to be falling into place. Well, I mean, and you do try to do anything worthwhile, and it's challenged, isn't it? It's it's it it comes up against uh, you know re really tough things, and uh, you know I I I mean I I think the the first thing is that um, I I think what one finds when one has those challenges is one's constantly driven back to what your really core formation is about, you know, what your core commitments are, what really works, you know, because um, you know, I, I mean, I'm just, I look at the sort of, well, to put it in, in terms of sacrifices that uh, people are making in the educational system at the moment in order to make it work, you know, you know how they're going the extra mile, how they're co coping with uh, what I called in one book, oh my God, that's our dog in the, in the background, somebody must have come to the door, sorry, <laughs> the, the, uh, but, uh, but how they're coping with what I called in, in my book, The Shape of Living, uh, multiple overwhelmings. You know, uh, how do you cope with all those overwhelmings? And, um, you know, it, it, it really does mean that you need to be uh, in touch with some tradition that it has lasted, that has been through the really tough testings. You know, for me, the book of Job has always been one of the ones that I, I just look to again and again to see, uh, you know, how, how, uh, how that is about, you know, sticking to your absolutely core commitment, no matter what happens. Um, mm -hmm. And um, uh, I, I'm really sorry about our dog barking in the background. No, no, it's, it's, it's an excellent illustration of the point. Just come to the, has just come to the road. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, classic for lockdown, isn't it? The, you know, the, the multiple interruptions as well as the multiple overwhelming. Um, but um, the, the um, uh, no, no, but um, I mean, I mean, for me, I, I've spent the last 20 years trying to write a commentary on the Gospel of John, and I'm just coming to an end. It should be published next year. Um, and um, the, uh, you know, the, the sense in John's Gospel of a Gospel that's written last, most scholars would agree that it was written last, um, that it, um, w uh, you know, that it's, it's written after much reflection and much experience of a really testing time of a young community. Um, and, uh, and, and what it is, is trying to do is to distill the core DNA, if you like, of the gospel and who Jesus is, what it means to live in love. You know, there's very few imperatives, but loving and serving so forth are, and trusting are right at the heart of it. And of course, abiding. It says that you have to be in for the long term, just as Jesus is there for the long term. God is there for the long term. You know, that, that you, you, you have to be sustained by your the things that are absolutely basic and fundamental and and that and 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 john is 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 trying to give that to the church as it uh, you know at the at, at the end of the new testament period and to sustain them right on further mm. um, and and uh, you know that that uh, i mean i i feel that in our uh, you know faith related schools 
um, we need to have the courage to go deep into whatever tradition it is we're in and then to bring those traditions into deep conversation with each other and collaboration. You know, that a healthily plural society, it seems to me, is one that is, has multiple depths. And we have to, as Christians, you know, we, we have to be as deeply Christian as possible. Other people, of course, have to draw on other, 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 other traditions as well. But then we can all learn from each other, too. I think that's the extraordinary thing that's happening at its best in this country. I mean, I've been involved in a lot of uh, interfaith engagement through the practice of scriptural reasoning and so forth, which I'm glad now is on the A-level syllabus. Uh, and... and um, the, but but this sense that at the best you know you can go to the heart of traditions that really have been tested through terrible terrible times often century after century and uh, you know and draw on their wisdom and uh, and and then and also encourage each other uh, uh, across these these traditions um, you know, it's it's uh, and and it is possible, and and it happens, and um, and I I think in this time of of COVID, you know, I'm seeing it happening in all sorts of ways. I'm in touch with people in different traditions in ways that I haven't been before through this. Mm. That's so that's so helpful. Just just to close close out um, today's conversation. Firstly, David, thank you so much for. Uh, joining us it's it, it's great it's great to think of the journey that um we've been on and 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 even as i say you know it's four years since that was published it in the grand scheme of things four years is not actually a very long time at all is it you know we are only just yeah. in many ways at this at the start of this yeah. this journey but but yet your your insight and, and um compassion and and wisdom frankly has been so sustaining for us all as we as we sought to do that i just want to close out by reading just a little chunk out of the main body of the text there which i think just kind of sums up a lot of what you're um saying it it's just a couple of sentences then a quote from jeremiah um to round us up vision is sustainable even if circumstances and situations are against you, which is which is essentially what we're facing right now. You know that yes, yes. That 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 is the test of vision. Surely that it even when all the evidence points to something different, as you've just said, returning to that vision, that that core purpose is. If if, if you don't return to it this time, it probably is not your vision. It's exactly, just, exactly. you know, it probably is just something on, on, on the wall. Um, and then, yeah, finally, the prophet Jeremiah shares the secret of long-term flourishing, which is something you mentioned earlier as well. Blessed are those whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending its roots, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. That's Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8, if you want to have a look at that. And, and, yes. and in many ways, that, that is actually what, it's a great picture of what holding on to a vision in a crisis, yes, yes, yes. crisis is, really. Um, so we we thank you for joining us, David. We thank you for all that you continue to do to uh, enrich and encourage 
our leadership journey nationally and internationally. And um, we will wrap up there. Thank you so much. Well, could I just add a footnote at this point or, or have yeah. you talked about no, no, footnote away. <laughs> away. I don't know if you can add a footnote to a podcast. That's a, that's a... <laughs> well, we academics add footnotes to everything. So. It's a coda. Add a coda. <laughs> yes, a cadenza, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, um, yes, the, the, yes, I mean, it's, it's a double one, really. You know, what, one is just uh, how, you know, the fact that you've been developing the central team and how, you, you know, in the Church of England education outfit, uh, you know, that, that I've really been interested how you've been able to adapt and adapt very quickly, you know, to, uh, to, to this because you actually had been, you know, working on a, a long-term vision, it seemed to me, you know, that, that, that was, you know, you, you already had your, but then you were able to improvise on it. And I think that art of improvisation on things when new things happen, you know, is, is more. But the other thing is just how encouraging it's been for me to see the international dimension of this, you know, the fact that it's taking on in America. When I was in Australia, I found that the vision was really, really welcomed by education people I talked to there, you know, and, and um, I think it's, a, it's an interesting sign when, um, you know, when it's tested in other very different educational environments as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks. Thanks so much, David. And for those who are listening in other countries, we, yeah, we, we do love to be in that dialogue and, um, um, yeah, we're thrilled to be on that journey with you too. So we'll wrap it up there for this week. David, thank you so much. And um, we look forward to speaking more as the journey continues. Thank you.